podcasting from Jackson Healthcare in Alpharetta, Georgia. It's time for the Jackson Healthcare's monthly associate network group podcast series. This month, we're featuring our Women's Network podcast. everyone. Um, this is Jessica Dodd with locumtenants.com learning and development team. And I'm here with... I'm Brittany Swanson with locumtenants.com's marketing team. And we are both here today representing Jackson Healthcare's Women's Network Group. Awesome. So we're excited to talk with you guys today. Um, Brittany has been doing lots of research on the topic of maternal deserts. And we want to kind of take you guys uh, through that, um, give you some statistics, and hopefully um, enlighten you on on this uh, topic. So, Brittany, um, can you just tell us what is a maternal desert? Yeah. So, a maternal desert is um, or areas in the United States without hospitals or birthing centers offering OBGYN care. And this whole topic came to our attention. Um, through the surgery clinic team here at locumtenants.com. And uh, through that, we were trying to figure out a way, how can we, how can we be the solution to these maternal deserts? And so um, we got the report that the March of Dimes puts out every two years. We looked through that, really found some eye-opening statistics there. And uh, from that report, they did a case study from that in 2022. And so we really kind of dove into that data, learned a lot about it. And all year long, we've been trying to truly, like you said, enlighten and educate, um, you know, people that we work with um, externally and internally about this issue. Mm. Um, And it's crazy because, you know, you think that care, maternity care is all over the United States, Mm -hmm. but truly it's not. And it's really those Midwest states, the rural areas Women are having to drive hours just to be able to get basic care. Oh. And that's just insane that they have to go that far just to get a pap smear or to go and, you know, get a checkup when they're pregnant. So things like that are just heartbreaking to me and to us when we started looking into this is- issue. And some of the areas with the lowest access to maternity care, surprisingly enough, are D.C. and Ohio. Which is so crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> like those are the two places I would not have thought. Yeah, but, I thought like North Dakota. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which those are a maternal desert, but these I, I would never have thought. Yeah. Um, and currently 20% of DC residents and 33% of Ohio residents receive inadequate prenatal care. Um, and the maternal mortality rate in DC has is double that of the United States as a whole, which to me is just incredibly shocking. So these are the type of stats that really, you know, um, sparked our interest to try and jump in and see how we can help and and be a solution. Yeah, I mean, just in thinking about that as a mother myself, I couldn't even imagine not having that access um, because I was already a nervous Nancy um, (laughs) with my first baby. So I can't imagine not having that and um, having that routine care that I needed so much. Exactly. And, you know, I thinking back about where I lived uh, growing up, I grew up in northwest Georgia, up in the mountains, right along the Tennessee-Georgia line. And that area was very much, um, looking back on it, a maternal desert because I actually, anytime we had to go to the hospital or any sort of clinic um, or any sort of health care, we would go to Chattanooga, which is the, the next closest, biggest city that had a lot of, um, you know, healthcare. I was actually born just on the other side 
of the Tennessee line because of this. So, I mean, this is just something that like you don't think about that you have to go across state lines sometimes to get the care that you need. Yeah. But it definitely happened for my family. I mean, it was 30 minute drive. So, and it was, it was much quicker than driving all the way to Atlanta. So um, it's just crazy to think about things like that. And, you know, looking through those stats from the March of Dines report, it's so sad because areas where there is low or no access to maternity care, it affects up to 6.9 million women, which is almost 500,000 births in the U.S. That's a lot of babies. That's a yeah. lot of babies. Yeah. I can't even imagine that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. So um, I know there's been a lot of research done um, and I understand um, the reason behind this research is to kind of help aid uh, Jackson Healthcare to change the landscape around maternal deserts and obviously um, bringing uh, additional uh, information to associates, external um, people as well. Uh, But what research have you been doing um, really to support this effort? Yeah, that's correct. We, we, we've been trying to educate and make people aware of this. So as a company, um, as any part of the Jackson Healthcare family, whatever company you're with, we can be a part of that solution. We have the, um, we have the, the, the skills across several different companies, whether right. that we're a locum tenens agency, we're a technology company or a USA Robotics. Like we have so many different options here. Um, at Jackson Healthcare for us to be able to provide some sort of um, or just some sort of, you know, relief to these areas. Right. And so um, with that in mind, we, we were, again, like I said, we were digging into the data and um, counties with low access to telehealth were 30% more likely to be maternal uh, care deserts or be in maternal care deserts, which if you think about it, you know, a lot of times, especially if you're pregnant or if you're just you know, not feeling great, just having a telehealth option there in those rural areas or low access areas could prevent, you know, someone, you know, dying or prevent someone from, you know, just to have someone to they talk to about like, things. They can faster. catch things. Yeah. So it's like if, if you're, you're pregnant and you feel something's wrong or you think something's wrong, but you would take two hours to drive to a doctor, like, uh, no, <laughs> no, just having some sort of telehealth option at your local clinic there in those rural areas would be so great. And it would totally, um, you know, it would put a huge, um, give that community a huge opportunity to, you know, stay healthy in those sort of areas. Um, and over 500 babies were born to women who resided in rural counties, which makes this all the more reason why, you know, we need to jump in and try and be a part of this. While only 7% of obstetrics providers pr- practice in rural counties. So, that's the other part that we're seeing here that's kind of an issue is that there's even not even really a lot of providers who are in these areas. So at least for us at locumtenants.com, you know, that's been our goal is to try and provide and, and send providers to these areas to try and be a solution to helping these communities where they need it the most. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know you spoke a lot about telehealth and stuff, and I know that a lot of our companies have been pushing and focusing a lot on yes. telehealth um, recently. So I, yeah, the more we can continue to offer that in those areas is huge. This is one of the best reasons to have telehealth at facilities. Right. Absolutely. And this is like, if you can bring this into your conversations, you know, yeah. when you're on the phones with, with doctors or even facilities where they may need want to add a service line or whatever it may be, 
this is a good topic to bring up. Be like, look, you could truly help out just by adding something very simple as telehealth. Yeah. And we can help you stand that up. You know, a lot of our companies have some sort of telehealth option. Yeah. So there's somewhere amongst all of the companies under the Jackson Healthcare name, mm-hmm. some one of us can help you. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> Somebody can help. Somebody can provide some sort of access and care um, to these low access areas. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was reading uh, the March of Dimes is kind of responding to some of these reports here um, by initiating some mobile health um, units. Um, So this kind of started in 2020 and it looks like it was a better starts for all program um, to increase the access to care and improve outcomes in maternity, maternity care deserts. Um, so it looks like they have the mom and baby mobile health center, um, primarily in the Washington, D.C. area and southeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also um, have seen that the pilot has had already um, an impressive number of visits. Um, it looks like they've seen, um, again, this is a 2020 report, but I'm sure it was a lot more now. Mm-hmm. But 724 women have received care um, through about uh, 22 or 2300 visits. Yeah, um, that's so, fantastic. Yeah, they have more on this uh, case study on the Marcha Dimes website, but I think just ha- again, preaching the telehealth and also these mobile care units, um, I think this is going to start to really bring the access to where it's needed the most. Absolutely. I mean, just think if we could have more of these mobile health centers, maybe like one for each state or two for each state, you know, like something just driving around to these rural areas, there could be a huge impact here. Yep. And how many lives, how many babies, how many mothers could be saved just because they are actually getting checked out in the timely manner in the way that they should be when, you know, they're pregnant or just anything, you know, this even goes beyond just, um, you know, just pregnancy, you know, women and getting regular pap smears and checking out, you know, just getting a general checkup every year. Those sort of things are so important. And I, I, I definitely always push that because my mom had cervical cancer. Fortunately, she passed away 10 years ago. And one of those things that I do now every single year that I make sure I go and I get a annual checkup to check for those sort of things. So if they don't have these sort of things, things like this, cancer, other, op, other things can just pop up when they don't have regular care. So that's why something like this is so, so important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with that in mind, we're really, you know, support all of the work that the March of Dimes is doing because they're trying to change policy um, nationwide that can help reduce maternity care deserts. And so they've been, like I said, working in Congress to try and make change. And so um, there's like four aspects to what they are proposing to try and do. And the first one is, passing Medicare, Medicaid postpartum extension from 60 days to 12 months to give mothers and babies critical support during the fourth trimester. So I'm sure as a mom, you can mm-hmm. attest to that. You know, you need, sometimes it's great to have that extra time there. Yeah, it's just uh, not enough time. Exactly. After, for sure. Exactly. I mean, it's, it takes you a while to overcome and get used to, yes, to and, everything. And I believe, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe in the United States, we have one of the shortest maternity care or maternal leave, um, you know, processes across (laughs) in the world. So um, it's just crazy. That would be a huge help, I know, Mm -hmm. for a lot of different moms. Yeah. Um, The second thing that they are proposing is to expand uh, telehealth services services to bridge gaps in healthcare 
especially obstetric services where none or exist or cost are considerable. So this mm-hmm. is where we're talking about having those telehealth options in those rural areas um, and, you know, kind of offer it there um, in those areas where it's, where costs can be a little bit more expensive because sometimes it can get expensive with healthcare and being able to provide that would be a huge help. Um, and then the third one is accounting for areas of chronic disease as contributors to maternal care deserts. So this is exactly what we were talking about just a second ago. They're able to catch things much earlier yeah. if they're being able to go in and have those regular checkups. And then um, the fourth one is strengthening the network adequacy requirements for healthcare plans made made available through the Affordable Care Act. So all of these things are things that they are trying to work towards. Um, I know that some of the things we've been focusing on are federally qualified health centers. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of these are in uh, facilities are in like rural areas. Those are facilities that tend to serve those under underserved, underpopulated areas. Um, they kind of offer a sliding fee for um, different uh, procedures, and they can provide you know a variety of comprehensive different services on site, like dental care, mental health, transportation needs, along with those regular you know specialties um, offerings there. So we want to be a, a solution to this problem yeah, for sure. Um, and so we've had. We've had some great success, success with getting the word out, just trying to educate people. Um, and I know that we did a career fair not too long ago um, at, where we were representing the Women's Network. And we were able to, at that career fair, talk with people about the maternal deserts and what it was. And people didn't know what it was. And they were dumb. know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and they were dumbfounded that this was actually an issue in the United States. Uh, and so... I mean, I know I was at the beginning of this year. I did not know much about this topic and just learning all this. This is, it just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we were going through all of the the data and we were looking and researching, um, we actually created a case study uh, around this where we were um, helping a Midwest uh, facility come in and we were sending two or three different uh, locums to their facility to help because they had people that were on vacation, people that were going on maternity leave at their facility, and they needed to fill that gap. Uh, Otherwise, people would have had to travel two hours in another direction just to get the care that they needed. Um, And so we wound up sending some um, locum tenants providers there, and one of them loved it so much that they wound up moving from their, their permanent home in Florida to the snowy Midwest. So I think they were very much, um, they loved it that much and loved how much impact they were making there. Um, and that really speaks volumes to, um, you know, how we can, we can try and help and send people there. And, you know, if we can make someone feel like they were valued there, that's the ultimate goal. They want to be able to use their skills to the best of their ability and to get that, you know, feeling of accomplishment and feeling like they made an impact on that community. And, that's apparently what happened with this situation, and we were super excited to hear about that. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a, a really interesting topic too, and there's so many avenues you can go down. I know that the March of Dimes, if you haven't looked on their website, they have an, a, an entire interactive map where you can go and look state by state, see what your state's legislation is on all of these um, these topics, and kind of it actually points out where the maternal deserts are in your state. So, um, and you can kind of get an idea of where those areas are. 
And so I would highly encourage everybody go and read the case study, read the initial report. They should be coming out with another one very soon. Um, but I think it's something that everyone needs to be aware, aware of, especially us here at Jackson Healthcare. Um, this is something that could be a huge, huge opportunity for us to help. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing all of that in- interesting information and um, you know, bringing the maternal desert to the forefront and um, enlightening everyone here about um, this this problem and what's going on to help solve it. And like Brittany mentioned, you know, we can check out the March of Dimes, go on their website. They have uh, multiple case studies. Um, but yeah, so de- definitely thanks everyone for listening. Um, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it's a good one. Yeah, so. thank you guys so much. Um, just want to make sure you guys know about the women's network yeah. group here on campus. Um, so we are all, all the time doing a lot of fun activities all throughout the year. Yeah. Um, whether that's, you know, things to help further your career or just have a panel, you know, for you to talk to other women and talk about difficult issues or just some fun stuff like mingling mocktails. We did mm-hmm. a while back and then, um, yeah, we've we got, got Friendsgiving Friendsgiving's coming. Mm-hmm. We've got a, uh, ugly Christmas sweater happy hour coming up. So. Um, I would highly encourage you guys to join the Women's Network. It is a great group of women. I've learned so much, made so many wonderful yeah. friends here in the Women's Network, and it's so great to kind of have a group of women to be able to um, bounce ideas off of or just talk, you know, just whenever talk. you need yeah. it. Um, so it's a great, great community of women. So if you haven't, make sure you go on Workplace and join the group. You'll get all of our updates there on our Workplace page. Um, but yeah, I awesome. hope to, hope to see you guys at some of our events coming up very, very soon. All right. Well, everyone have a good day. Thanks for listening. Thanks guys. Thanks for joining us on the Jackson Healthcare Monthly Associate Network Group podcast series. 